All right. Okay. So, <clears throat> welcome to the Is For podcast. Uh, this round, it is just I, Danger. Say hi, Sarge. Oh, wait, you're not here. Okay. No, no. no, no Which sorry. means we're going to have a good time. Oh, that's not fair. He's not here to defend himself, so now's the time to say it if you want to. Yeah, so uh, with us tonight, as usual, not always, but usual, is the G, Mr. G, not the baby G. Ooh, Mr. G. I like uh, that. It sounds yeah. uh, distinguished. It's it's a little M, little R. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> M-I-S-T-E-R <laughs> Yeah, it's actually spelled out, Mr. Yes, G. yes So I'll take it Take it from here It's all you So so on tonight's episode of the Is For Podcast We are doing the letter M M is for the Mandela Effect uh, Nelson, Nelson Mandela? Yes, oh. we're going to do a deep dive into Nelson Mandela's life no, no, we're not. Not even a little bit. No, um, but uh, did you uh, do you remember when when he died and there was a funeral? There was the guy doing sign language on stage, and then it came out that he did not know sign language and was not authorized <laughs> to be there. <laughs> was, I've heard that story, but I don't think I knew it was his. It was Nelson Mandela's uh, funeral. Yeah, and he and this guy who was not authorized or in any way whatsoever capacity to be there and what in any capacity whatsoever was next to world leaders <laughs> for an oh, solid that is day awesome yeah so that is fantastic now my my knowledge of the mandela effect is very limited it's really just a curiosity about it um i know examples and whatnot and i have sure. working theories about it as we'll sure. get to so the mandela effect for those of you that are tuning in that are not familiar with the concept is basically the idea that there is collective false memory. Uh, the idea that there are multiple timelines in the universe that occasionally cross over, that um, things that we have held as truths in our brain for years and years and years will later on be proven incorrect. We will see a, a piece of literature or a film or a quote and we'll be like, wait a minute, I always thought it was blank. And here's, you know, thousands of other people who agree with me that it was blank, but it's actually this instead. And it's just sort of the shared uh, experience of that is, is what the Mandela effect is. Um, some other terms for the Mandela effect. So, would it's, be, so uh, it's a shared misunderstanding of what uh, the past was? The correct terminology is collective false memory. So the concept of false memory was originally studied by Pierre Janet. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it because he's French. Pierre Janet. Um, yeah, Pierre Janet, um, and also Sigmund Freud. But the term, the the actual term that we're looking at here, Mandela effect, wasn't actually coined until uh, 2010 by Fiona Broom. And now, why and, is it called the Mandela? Okay, so it's originally called that because uh, Fiona Broom thought that Nelson Mandela died, believed that Nelson Mandela died in the 1980s while he was in prison. That's actually not true. He did not pass away until 2013. Now, was it, is that a similar idea or theory as to like the Paul is dead sort of deal where, you know, Paul McCartney died and they replaced him with somebody else? 
Well, see, that actually happened. So <laughs> if you want to get into the whole Paul McCartney is dead, I can give you plenty of lyrics and album cover references that you can check out to, sh to show you that John Lennon and George Harrison specifically were trying to tell you Paul McCartney actually passed away. Oh, I'm um, I'm fully familiar with the theory <laughs> and all the supporting arguments for it. Do I think it happened? No. The walrus was Paul, Casey. Come on, man. I know, I know. The walrus is Paul. Goo 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 choo. Do do do. Sorta, um, but basically, what it is is that uh, Fiona Broom was not the only person who thought Nelson Mandela died in the '80s. In fact, thousands of people thought that Nelson Mandela passed away in the '80s. So not to turn this into a college dissertation, I will go through this part very quickly to get to the fun stuff. So but basically Fiona, or Fiona Broom was uh, a self-described paranormal consultant. Okay. So here's the thing. Don't go too deep into her backstory um, because this will all lose a shitload of credibility. Okay. So just, just keep moving, keep scrolling. Okay. Um, so, so basically kind of the boring part here, um, there is a concept of the multiverse. Yes, um, I'm for, very familiar for Marvel, with the multiverse. Yeah, for Marvel fans, this will come as no surprise. The idea is that there is electrons and subatomic particles that uh, diffract like waves, but they also behave like particles when they are measured. The particles exist in multiple places simultaneously until they are observed. A, a good example of like a real world example of this is Schrodinger's cat. Have you ever heard of this experiment? Yes, yeah. Schrodinger's cat. The cat is neither living nor dead until the box is open. And in short, it's your fault. Exactly. So the idea is that this cat is in a box. And inside this box, you don't know if this cat is alive or dead unless you hear it meowing or licking its butt or whatever cats do. Have you ever heard a cat lick its butt? We have three cats. I, they like to sleep in the bed. It's like a chorus of butt it, licking. I hear it every day of my life. A chorus of butt licking. <laughs> so there was this uh, quantum physicist named Hugh Everett III who proposed the idea of the mini world interpretation. So when it comes to Schrodinger's cat, wh what did you say? The cat could be either alive or dead. Yes, the, the state of the cat is um, is unknown until the box is open. So Hugh Everett said both of these realities exist, but in separate parallel universes. Yes, I'm familiar with parallel universe theories. And yes. Uh, uh, an idea of this whole Mandela effect is that shared memory isn't false. It's actually a parallel universe with a different timeline that has crossed over into our current one. So it's not that thousands of people aren't remembering it correctly. It's that the timeline where Schrodinger's cat is alive is starting to intersect with the uh, universe where Schrodinger's cat is dead at this one exact point. And now we think Kazam with Sinbad was a movie that actually existed. Shazam. Kazam was with Shaq. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so... The technical term for, for one of these phenomenons is a very fun word to say. And if you can uh, work this into your everyday conversation, you deserve a brownie because this is a good one. Confabulation. Confabulation. It's kind of like congratulations with a lot more fab in it. Okay. Okay. 
So it, fabulous. Congratulations. Okay. So the next shirt I want Lauren to make me says confabulations, a fabulous congratulations. I'll get her working on that shirt. Thank you. Uh, confabulation is when the brain attempts to fill in the missing gaps by adding fabricated facts and experiences. So what that means is it's not that the brain is lying. It believes that these are remembered details. This occurs a lot in neurological disorders, such as like a stroke or in Alzheimer's. You know, given those two examples, this increases with age. Um, and it's just due to the brain changing over time. Yeah. Um, the, the strength of memory fades as you get older. Uh, I felt my memory start to diminish when I turned about 14. Um, I still can't remember shit I did two weeks ago. It's not great. Um, too much headbanging, I think, is what led me to this situation. But, yeah, yeah, headbanging so. and other activities. You know, I don't do I, I don't do any drugs. I don't. I don't know. No, I'm not not saying current use. I'm just uh, you know, personally. <laughs> just saying. Speaking from your own personal experience, yes. I see. I'm fully yeah. aware of why the memory is not what it should. Mine is just. I, I can pinpoint it back to a particular song, "Loco" by Cold Chamber. Um, if you're going to headbang violently to a song, that is the one to do it. Not my choice. No, I'm not saying it's a good song. I'm not saying it's something you should revisit today. I'm just saying that when you're a teenager and you hear that song, that's when you want to headbang to, to See, a point of pain. I'm going to pick this moment to make Cold Chamber part of the Mandela effect. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So another part of this is that humans just biologically have a tendency to believe other suggestions to be true. Yes. Sometimes when we hear misinformation, it colors our pre-existing memory. Um, a really good example of this, and, and we'll get into some more Mandela effect uh, examples as we go, but a really good one is 2020. Uh, what do you mean? Well, you know, misinformation and coloring, or, uh, coloring up previous memories and understanding. What, what, but what does that have to do with 2020? I'm just saying 2020 was wrought with that, with uh, misinformation and people misunderstanding. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought you kind of meant like the, the 2020, the Mayan calendar, the world was going to end, like that part of it. No, if there was any part of that that I could wipe from memory, it would be the movie 2020 with John Cusack. <laughs> you know, John Cusack is one of those guys that's like, Sometimes I just, I love the guy, and then other times, I just, I can't. I just, I don't know, man. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's very hit or miss, mostly miss, but, you know. Identity I, is a really cool movie. Identity was was a cool movie. It was a cool, cooler concept than movie, in my opinion. Yeah, better idea than execution, but it, yeah. it, you know, it had its moments. Yeah, High Fidelity to this day is one of my favorite movies, so. Never seen it. John Cusack. Wonderful movie. Love it. Jack Black is in it too, right? Jack Black is in it. Yes. Um, okay. So it was Lisa Bonet from The Cosby Show. Now married to oh. Jason Mimosa. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, well. Uh, so back to the Mandela effect. So uh, as the, the example I was going to use, and this is one that I've heard my entire life, is the very famous line from The Empire Strikes Back. And everybody likes to say it to me because my name is Luke 
And I don't know how many people have come up to me and have professed that they are my father. And it's, it's, it's it never be, stops being funny. It's got to be very confusing for you, especially with your real father. <laughs> right. Yeah. Every time, especially when my dad's standing next to me, he sheds a little tear. He, he does not find it funny at all. No. Um, it's not a tear of joy. And if all these people really were my father, I feel like I'd be, my family would be loaded with alimony checks. Yeah. So. And that must say something, that must say something about your mother, which, you know, your mother's a wonderful woman. Hi. Thank you. I was yeah. going to say my mother is a saint. Yeah. And so is no, your no. mother. Your mother is a wonderful woman. Your, your mother, your mother's great. Your, your mom and dad both. Your real dad. Not all the people that have, <laughs> that have tried to be your dad. Thank you for clarifying. Those are all um, varying degrees of so, decent people. So what is the, the line? Okay. So the point that I'm trying to make here is that a lot of people who watch Star Wars or just have a passing familiarity with it will say that the line from The Empire Strikes Back is, and spoiler alert in case you've never seen it. You, I think you know, there's is, a, I, I think there should be a spoiler. Like, I, I don't know what you call If the movie is more than 20 years old, get over it. Time frame does not matter in this context. If you are listening to this show and you've never seen Empire Strikes Back, stop this right now and go watch the trilogy in its entirety, you ridiculous human being. But the line that everybody likes to quote is, Luke, I am your father. Right. That is not the line. It's not. In the movie, The Empire Strikes Back. Now, the line in the film is, Obi-Wan never told you who your father was. And Luke says, he told me enough. He told me you killed him. And Darth Vader responds with, no, I am your father. Now. If you want to take that at face value, that is millions of people the world over getting the line wrong. Right. But when you're a kid and you're talking into the fan that's on the floor in your living room (laughs) (laughs) and thinking that you sound like Darth Vader, you're not going to recount the entire script. But it is entirely possible that at one point, in a particular timeline, that generation of people watched a Star Wars film known as The Empire Strikes Back, where Darth Vader said, Luke, I am your father. And then in a other timeline that was running perpendicular to ours, there is a film in the Star Wars trilogy known as The Empire Strikes Back, where Darth Vader says, no, I am your father. And at some point, those two timelines crisscross which is why you have people of a certain age that swear up and down Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father. And then another that says, no, I am your father. So I cannot recall the last time I actually watched Empire Strikes Back. I've seen every Star Wars movie except for the that last hunk of crap. You didn't see The Rise of Skywalker? No. No, I really feel like um, they missed an opportunity with uh, the with the last three that came out because it was the force awakens and then it was the last Jedi. And I really feel like that third one should have been from his nap. No, so, it's a, I didn't uh, see okay, it. Not, not to be a, uh, an apologist here. I, I can say, um, I would say that the force awakens is a really good reboot. It captures the spirit. It's, it's fine. Every time I watch the last Jedi, I like it more. 
I understand where a lot of diehard fans have problems with it, but it I think it has gotten better as the years have gone by. Um, I at least appreciate the fact that it tried to do something new. Okay, um, so we could talk about this in S's for Star Wars. You're right. So you're right. You're right. We, sorry, we sorry. Okay. The one part of Star Wars that I wish the Mandela effect would apply to is uh, Jar Jar Binks. So yeah, I haven't seen Empire Strikes Back in I don't know how long. I've probably watched it the last time I watched I'll, Clockwork Orange. I, it's just not something that I've watched in a long time. I should probably go back and watch it. So, But I know it's really hard to find that original copy and not the digitally remastered and with all the extra yeah stuff, so. i i'm ashamed to say that i have the um the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy all on blu-ray and it's the remastered whatever right. versions yeah so one of the things about the mandela effect that gets me is the mandela effect applies to only things in pop culture only things that are really fairly insignificant, not anything important. There's no real big events that have to do it. Like there's no like Bay of Pigs that's seen two different ways. So is, yes, is there an example yeah. that I'm not aware of? Uh, so there's not necessarily an example that is that large, but I feel like an event of that magnitude is not something that can necessarily be different because it changes it changes too much. Like uh, uh, some of the examples we'll get into are the differences in logos, the differences in slogans. And those are things that don't have a, uh, I, it's not to say that they can't have an effect on, you know, it's like the butterfly effect, uh, butterfly effect. When a butterfly flaps its wings in yeah. Japan, it causes a tsunami on, on the East Coast. But it, it's it's not as the the magnitude is not the same. Right. Um, I feel like you can't talk about like you said Bay of Pigs or September 11th or the Pearl Harbor bombings like something of that magnitude. Like those things, I think just have to. That is part of like what shapes the future, no matter what. If it's something that is that's put us on a course for history. You know, and then the Mandela effect can't apply to it. It has to be something like Fruit Loops, which is a good example because right. you know uh, a lot of people when they think of the Fruit Loops logo, they think of fruit spelled like fruit, right? But it's not. How is Fruit Loops spelled on a box of cereal, Casey? Tell the people. Well, I mean, I. I'm looking at it right now. So, you know, I'm looking at the before and after. So I feel like that's a little unfair. So, you know, is it F-R-O-O-T or F-R-U-I-T? So I have a, uh, a secondary theory to some of this. I believe that, and I use the trick cereal as a good example. When you were a kid, did you ever eat trick cereal? Yeah. Sure, we all did. And correct me if I'm wrong. But when you ate trick cereal, was it not in the shape of little pieces of fruit? I don't know. The only cereal that I really remember the shape of was Captain Crunch because the corners always cut my mouth. Oh, yeah. Eat a bowl of Captain Crunch. The whole roof of your mouth is destroyed. It's, I'm just, on that it's a hamburger. It's Absolutely. So, yeah, no, I don't, so, I don't remember. So, 
one of the theories, again, this is not Mandela effect. This is a whole other thing. Is that fruit? Uh, Tricks cereal was originally shaped like fruit, but as we got older and we lost the magic of being children, <laughs> they lost their shape and turned into just little colored balls of um, corn. Because tricks <laughs> are for kids, right? And if you're over 25 and you're eating trick cereal, number one, you're sad. And number two, <laughs> you're not a kid anymore. You don't get to see the banana-shaped corn. I I like tricks. I, I do. I I like it. Um, you say like, that, but honestly, when was the last time you had a bowl of tricks? I don't remember the last time I was really given the opportunity. Okay. I, That's what I thought. It's not been put on my grocery list in a long time, mainly because... <laughs> I know that tricks are for kids. And if I went to the register with it, they'd be like, no, this isn't for you. They'd make you put it back. You're right. Not put it aside and have the the stock boy put it away. No, sir, you know better. Put this back. They would make me leave with the box, leaving people in line behind me, not checking the rest of my stuff out to go put the box of cereal back and get a box of crackling oat (laughs) bran. Sir, you need the special K. We are aware of your bowels. <laughs> we can tell that you're not regular. <laughs> <laughs> so another one of these from, from our childhoods is is a very popular one. Children's book. And I'm Bernstein sure you know Bears. what I'm going to say. The Bernstein Bears. And so this one is one that I think might be uh, just chalked up to vocabulary, the way people speak. Yeah. Um, but... When you ask people what's the name of the children's book series with the bear, the, the bear family, you know, teaches lessons, most people say the Berenstein Bears. But if you go back and look, it is the Berenstein Bears. Yeah, this think, is a Jewish bear family. Yeah. S T A I N. Yeah. No, I, I also think that has to do with just, with just how we speak. Now, there was a picture of uh, Lauren. In the background of it, like it was from when she was a kid, and there's a Berenstain Bears mm-hmm. board game. We're kind of on a, a side mission of trying to dig that up to see if we can find it to see if it happens to be the same because it was from when she was a kid, like you know, five, six years old. I don't doubt that there are some people that have some photographs with the Monopoly box in yeah. the background somewhere, yeah, where Mr. Moneybags would have a monocle, yeah, he might not have a monocle. Who knows? It depends on whatever timeline that that Monopoly game is from. Yes. And, uh, you know, monocle, no monocle. The fact is, is that he's got serious depth perception issues. Having one eye at a different, you know, vision is not going to not going to be good for anybody. So so tell me this. If if you do not see well, how does having one corrective lens really do benefit because don't you have to still squint and mess up the vision of the one good eye you have i don't know but do you only squint one eye like you're winking well i mean you don't want to look through a a naked eye and then a lens die you'd be all like discombobulated uh but like i always kind of felt like a person used a monocle to look at certain things so they would only use it at certain moments where they would like kind of really look through that eye and it was you know so they but you would close the other eye while you look through it right but you know in, I can't tell you how many movies and things I've seen where they're like the person's got the monocle in there the entire time. And have you ever tried to like put a bottle cap or something in your eye and hold it there and actually move about and do things? I have not a good time because the whole time you're concentrating on holding this thing in your face 
And I can't imagine actually trying to hold a thin piece of glass here the whole time. Not to, you know, derail this entire conversation, but give me an example where you were spending a lot of time trying to hold one thing within your eye. Tuesday? Mm. You're right. You're right. I was there. I remember that. Okay. So how about that? How about that television show starring Sarah Jessica Parker, Kim Cattrall, Kristen Davis, a little show about women in the city and their sex lives. What's that show called? Sex in the city, sex and the city. I don't. Okay. See, see, this is, I should really stop looking at this stuff because I'm reading it all as you're. Okay. This goes back to the Berenstein Bears thing. I think it's cloacal. I think it's just the way we talk. I think it's that sex, we, we don't say sex in the city. We don't say sex and the city. We just throw the letter N in there. We say sex in the city. Right. And so I think people kind of lose like the the actual verbiage, you know, when right. we do stuff like that. That one um, I would care a lot more about if I cared about the show. But, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, the ones that, and unfortunately, given that this is an auditory medium, we can't really show you pictures, but like some of the most interesting to me are the logos, the the logos that we've seen our entire lives growing up. And then we see this is what we thought it was. And this is what it really is. And seeing the two side by side. And the one that comes to mind is the peanut butter brand. Um, Jeff and Jiffy. Yes. I don't know if it's maybe just little kids calling it Jiffy to be cute, but there is no such peanut butter brand as Jiffy. I honestly don't. I honestly don't remember Jiffy peanut butter. I remember uh, Jiff peanut butter, JF, you know, it's Jiff. That's what I always knew it to be. So, um, but the logo one that gets me is Kit Kat. Does it have a hyphen or not? According to the Mandela effect, there is no dash. And but then, I could have sworn getting crisp like Halloween candy when I was a little kid. That was Kit Dash Cat. Uh, and then Fruit of the Loom. Does it have the cornucopia? Or does it not? I always thought it did. I, I That's another one of those. I don't have any recollection of it having it or not having it. So I I don't really know. You know, it's a, and, and that to me, it's kind of like a, I, I don't care enough on that one. I mean, it's like. Now. Uh, another one that I find kind of interesting because, again, as everybody who's listened to the show knows, I'm a big horror movie guy, but I'm also a big science fiction guy, and I have a huge soft spot for Star Wars. C-3PO's leg. Yeah, now, I, I saw this one on If One Leg Was Silver. Yes. And I don't so, remember it being silver ever. Exactly. But if you go back and watch, that leg has always been silver <laughs> now that leads me to ask has it always been silver or was it silver after the digital remaster of it so what they will tell you because they don't want you to know that timelines will bleed into each other is that they that it's always been that way now but, there is one way that we can find out the only copy of the original Star Wars that exists exists on Laserdisc. Do you remember the Laserdisc? The the big Oh my god, yeah. yes. Yeah, it actually there is still copies of the original Star Wars floating around really? on Laserdisc. Yes. So we have to find the Laserdisc and then we have to find a Laserdisc player. 
I feel like finding a, a Laserdisc player might be harder to find than the one copy of A New Hope on Laserdisc. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm pretty sure that's literally the Holy Grail and the Holy Grail Part 2. <laughs> but no, so what's really funny is that in the new Star Wars trilogy, the, the most recent one that came out, and and forgive me for not knowing off the top of my head which which one of the three. There's a part where C-3PO, he has a red leg now. Yeah. And there's a part where he says, oh, you're probably wondering where I got this I red leg. It was, that was an arm. And it stops right there, and it goes on to something else. Yeah, I thought it was an arm. Uh, It might be. It might right. be. Either but way, a I, red that appendage. Was a, yeah, that was a, in reference to the silver-gold leg debacle okay so it is not actually as hard as i thought it would be to find a laserdisc player i would not want to buy a laserdisc player and this is where i would have difficulty i don't want to buy a used laserdisc player because i want it to work if i'm buying one i don't know if there is a fresh in the box laserdisc player available if Period. anybody has a unwrapped or a, a wrapped laserdisc player please reach out to me and let me know I will pay you $5. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they will want more than that. Um, you can have any you can have any commission that comes from this episode which will probably be none. I was getting ready to say. So, you can have $5 or less. <laughs> Those are your two options. I I can good wishes. So, one more one more movie uh moment that that falls into this category uh from Forrest Gump. Yeah. One of the most quoted lines in cinematic history. Box of chocolates. Box of chocolates. And what is it that Forrest Gump says? Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're, you're going to get. Mama says life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I, I appreciate your enthusiasm. That was a solid reading. I, that is not the line. I but I'm actually I'm told, I haven't seen Forrest Gump in forever, and, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Millions of people, if you ask them straight up, even I would say even a a, a percentage of people who say Forrest Gump is their favorite movie of all time would say that, that he says life is like a box of chocolates. If you YouTube that right now, if you Google that right now. You will see that he says life was like a box of chocolate. Well, that actually makes sense because at the point that he says that in the movie, his mom is dead. Right, right. It so, makes sense. Yeah. But but the whole concept behind this is that for some reason, and, and maybe it's just a coincidence, no, actually, millions of people think this way. Actually, I'm going to uh, chalk that up to what you were saying about, you know, uh, sex and city and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I think that's just what it kind of evolved to be and people repeating the line over and over again. I That's what I'm going to chalk that one up to because I know, like, I've watched that movie, I can't tell you how many times, and it's a smart damn movie. I mean, it's just, sure. they, it's one of those, like, I've tried to find places where it chronologically doesn't line up or, or whatnot, and it doesn't. It's it's all there. So I'm going to say the line has always been, Mama said life was like a box of chocolates. Because at that point, she was dead. But we didn't know that when we watched the movie. So we probably, we probably heard it as, or, you know, 
put it in our memory as life is like a box of chocolates. Which means you have accepted that the other timeline that has bled over into our timeline is, is just, you've just accepted it as the way it is. And you refuse to believe that at one point in time, when you watched it as a child, it was life is like a box of chocolates. And that's fine. That's fine. You're, you're following along in the herd. That's what they want you to do. So when you wake up, Casey, you come back and talk to me about this. Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. I, I just, so, you know, I didn't know that reading a podcast was going to make my asshole hurt. <laughs> I, I just, I didn't know that recording one was going to be. Oh God. No, oh, it's, yeah. no, it's, you know, there's, I have my own theories about where the Mandela effects actually happens, you know? So if you want to push it back as far as Schrodinger's cat, um, you know, fine. I, you know, that's, that's a theory. Yeah. yeah. So here is my working theory on where the Mandela effect comes from. And, and I have uh, a feeling this is something you and I discussed briefly off air. Um, Mayhaps. while I was, while I was setting some stuff on fire, but go ahead. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, and, and our, 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 our planning. So the Zern hydrocollider. <laughs> <laughs> if you thought we were nerdy and boring before, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a time where I highly recommend everybody grab a pillow and a blanket. Um, <laughs> no. So the Zern hydrocollider collider. I think that when they turned it on, the atoms smashed together, and that's when we got a new timeline. You see, in the multiverse theory, there is uh, the theory that in every universe, there is a, a different scenario for everything. Like, there is a universe that exists where you decide not to wear that shirt. You know, you don't wear black shirts. And there is a blue shirt G out there. Sure, sure. Blue shirt G. The, all these, you know, there's a theory where all these universes exist. Well, I think that when the Zern hydrocollider exploded, or not the hydrocollider itself didn't explode, but the atoms exploded, I felt, I, I think that there was an alternate timeline that exists now that we're in where those, you, those multiverses are merging on some level. Now, I think that one day the scientists in Zern are going to come on TV and go, hey guys, so it's our fault that we're here, but it's your fault that we're, that we're here. You know, like we got us on on this path, but you guys got us here. <laughs> so. Well, it, I, I mean, like, not to get—I mean, you want to talk about your arms hurting from digging too deep into this rabbit hole? But I mean, like, it, it's the same as some of this classified documentation from the FBI that is coming to light about UFOs and and that kind of stuff. I, I, there is stuff that we are not privy to until they decide that we're privy to. And um, there is, and I'm not going to get into this right now, but there is the whole, uh, the Pegasus, um, Project Pegasus, where they were discussing time travel and, you know, zipping back and forth. And part of what people think that the Mandela effect is is time travelers who understand the concept of time travel, which if you really want to hear about more of that, tune into uh, letter B uh, is for Back to the Future, where Casey will tell you everything about time travel. You say um, that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> it was full of useful information. Useful to who? I'm not sure. but It was full of information. We will leave it at that. It was. Um, it was. But but no. 
Some people think the Mandela effect is caused by people who understand the concept of time travel messing with stuff. Um, there's a really good, if you want to see how this I can, can be think played of a out, thousand things that I would rather mess with in the timeline than Fruit Loops. <laughs> well, uh, to to see a really good example of this, look up the robot chicken sketch about dicks with time machines, yeah. and you'll see exactly how this can go. But see, um, okay, so if you're going to be a time traveler and want to want to mess with people in some way, and a lot of the ways that you are finding ways to mess with people have to do with changing small details in print, things that are printed. That means you have to go far enough back in time to get a job <laughs> working at whatever publishing or advertising company and work your way up to where you can get the Kit Kat campaign. Right, because because it would be very difficult for me to go back in time, figure out a way to get with inside the Charlotte Hornets organization to make them understand that trading Kobe Bryant on draft day was the worst decision they could have ever made and they should have kept him. It's not worth it. I understand, you know. But, you know, let's just be thankful they held on to Muggsy Bogues. Right, right. And that Fruit Loops is spelled in such a lovable, comical way. I mean, yeah. So, how else are they going to work the cereal itself into the logo if they don't use it for the O's? Speaking of which, it's kind of like the Looney Tunes logo. Yes, the Looney Tunes logo. Now, this one I find an interesting one because uh, how do you know it to be spelled? So, because of the. I, I I always thought of it as the the ballots L O O N Y tunes T O O N S and then doing this research I discovered that it was actually a play on the fact that they were called Merry Melodies so they were tunes T U N E S but right. when you think of car tunes you think of t-o-o-n-s right and i and <laughs> mind blown and i know that it was actually you know the play on Mel mary melodies and then it was so i've always known it to be no to be spelled t-u-n-e-s because you know i paid attention to that stuff that kind of stuff became stupid to me when I was a kid. so anyway mandela effect so what is your your overall uh assumption is it real or is it not real are these things that we remember actually things that existed or are they the what it, what was the the term you gave it the uh collective bargaining no um <laughs> uh uh i believe the the technical term for it false memory phenomenon collective collective false memory do you believe these things were true at one time and the timelines are merging or do you believe that that is our explanation for why we have this shared false memory? That we're that we as a people, I know that we as a people, whenever any great thing happens, we have a tendency to look for for an explanation to it, you know, for some solution to why this terrible thing could happen, and that's why you know JFK died, so he came up with lots of theories on what happened, but Reagan didn't die, so we didn't even entertain. It. You know, we we have a tendency to come up with reasons whether or not they actually make sense. And do you think that the Mandela effect falls into that, or do you think that it simply is a merging of timelines? 
so as as a fan of conspiracy theories as a fan that likes to kind of look under the surface and see like okay well this is what they're telling us but what is it that they could not be telling us uh i truly think that the vast majority of examples of mandela effect is just when we're young and we're not paying that close of attention we come across these logos these sayings these images and we just kind of we get an a fuzzy impression in our brain and then as we're older and we're shown like this is exactly what the logo looks like or this is exactly the line from this movie i think it's like it's just that we kind of remembered it wrong yeah and it's not so much that I remembered it wrong or you remembered it wrong. It's that we both remembered it wrong and we've been saying it wrong for years. So then when we see it the right way or hear it the right way, we go, wait a minute. Are you sure that's how it was? And and that gives us this idea that, you know, now with all that being said, I do think there is some truth to the the concept of multiple timelines, multiple things, uh, how, you know, you step on a bug in Greensboro, North Carolina, it could have an effect in Los Angeles, California. Like, I think there is some truth to the idea of all these different waves and particles existing within our realm. Does it affect the name of a childhood book series of bears? Probably Probably not. not. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, I would say if it does, to what end? To what extent does that really matter? Right. Um, and that's been I one just, of that's been one of my whole things that every example of things that happen in the Mandela effect don't affect me overall. Don't affect anybody I know overall. And it's really not worth my time diving into why that happens. Why Looney Tunes is spelled differently? Why Fruit Loops is spelled differently? Is there a stupid hyphen in Kit Kat? Does the Monopoly man have a monocle? All right. I know about Monopoly is that it destroys friendships and families. No, and every game I've ever played of Monopoly ends with somebody smacking the board off the table and saying, I'm sick of this game. I'm leaving. I'm, I hate you all, and that's how it ends. Well, um, as for endings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, is a good place to end. Yeah. So as for endings, um, remember everybody to help us out with Extra Life. Tune in on game day if you can. We will pick that date and share it at a later time. It's for the kids, people. Help us, help the kids, help us, help the kids. Awesome. Absolutely. Until next time, I am Danger. There is no Sarge tonight, and you are? I am uh, Gator, Mr. G, Baby G. I I don't even know. I'm, I'm just here. You are a slew of G. So I'm happy to be here.